Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 172 of Lave Radio, the show that talks about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Ben Moss-Woodward, and joining me this evening are Colin Ford. Good evening, everybody. Commander Shan. Hello. And Dr. Toxic. Good evening. I'm going to start with my week, because that way I'll actually get to say something for a change. I had kind of a shit week, actually, between last Tuesday and today, to be perfectly honest, because I wind up being rather poorly and then missed my daughter's first birthday because I was placed into quarantine, which all kind of sucks arse. On the bright side, I went and did some shopping therapy, I suppose you could say, and got myself a nice shiny new keyboard, mouse... And I'm also trying a new microphone and microphone stand. I watched Blade Runner, which... Have any of you guys watched Blade Runner yet? Nope, not yet. Okay, well, I guess I won't be talking about that with you, but I do watch it, and it's very good. In-game, what have I been up to? I've been mainly actually helping and doing stuff for the truckers. So I was doing some bounty hunting, doing some missions, stuff like that in Hudson Space. Colin, how's your week been, mate? Well, let's see. As far as the game is concerned, I'm only just beginning to get back into things. I've been earning quite a lot of money with the CGs, and at the moment I am kitting out my asp so that I can go sampling Thargoids. Were you doing the Aegis CG? Did they actually get around to fixing that? Yeah, I managed to do both of the the Aegis CGs so far. I haven't done any of the new one yet, uh, but I will be doing that at, at a later point. Right, I looked into the new one, and then I was like, okay, I would love to give you these things that I've come off and collected, but the station system's in lockdown, and I can't. Ah. And then I kind of flounced off to Alpha Centauri instead. As you do. As you do, yeah. Actually, talking about Alpha Centauri, I bumped into a complete mad commander today who had been all the way to Hutton Orbital and back eight times about... That was about seven o'clock this evening. And I, I don't know why he'd been to eight to Alpha Centauri eight times today, but he had. Is that because there's a rumour started that that's where you'll find the chieftain? No, that he was there getting gin, apparently, but why he felt the need to get it eight times, I've got no idea. I'm quite sure Dave Pearson will be very happy with the, the fact that the gin sales are going up. Or actually, no, he'd be uh, quite he'd sad, wouldn't he? He'd be about that, I think. You know, less gin for Cecil. I know. Are you joining us in game this evening, Colin? I am at Landis Hub at the moment. I've got to try and find these blasted research limpets. So once I've got that, then I'll be heading back down to Marope. Can you not get research limpets at Marope? No. The planetary base? That's where I was. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, okay, because it wasn't AX weapons or whatever it's called, but they were all on the planetary base of Marope. Yep, uh, but as, as far as I'm aware, the only places you can get this is at Jameson's, which doesn't help mm-hmm. uh, a lot of unelite people. And I think there's, uh, what is it? Oh, there's, an, there's another place. I'll look that one up and, and, and bring people up to date with where the other base is where you can get this damn thing. It is on a planetary base, so, you know. It's Alcazar's Hope. Is that the place? That sounds exactly right. <laughs> Shan, why don't you tell us what you've been up to then, buddy? My weekend started off very well by doing a nice cup of coffee, sitting around, to come home to a flooded kitchen, and the washing machine water pipe has decided to come loose. So that was a fun weekend. It was all sorted out by the plumber, thankfully. (laughs) Um, And uh, in-game, I've been 
busy doing more engineering, managed to get an extra thousand megajoules on the shield of my Corvette. So I was quite pleased with that role. How many are you on at the moment on your Corvette then? Uh, Nearly 6,000. Chuffing hell. I think my my cutter's got about 700, I think it is. Although I do have the biweave shields rather than big ones. And they're not... They're engineered, but they're engineered for a quick recharge rather than for extra oomph. Yes, I think if I was taking my Corvette anywhere with a sustained pressure, I'd take, take bi-weaves. Right. If Fuzzer didn't share this publicly, I'm going to apologise for outing him. And if he did, then that's okay then as well, I guess. But Fuzzer's recently been doing some plumbing exploits himself, but wound up saying, oh, I can fix this. It's a simple job. And then flooded out his bathroom, at which point his wife got on the phone to the plumber herself. Well, usually what happens with me is I think, oh, I know what will fix this, and I'll buy something, and it doesn't quite fix it. I think, oh, I need one of these. So I go and buy another one, and then I end up spending as much money as what it would cost to get the plumber to fix it. So this time I thought, no, I'll just call the plumber. Just go straight to the plumber. Makes a lot of sense. So what about yourself, Toxic? I know that you've gone off and you set up some nice, pretty OBS scenes and things like that which we can see and you're demoing this evening what else you've been up to i've been changing car wheels like they're going out of fashion (coughs) um so one of my dad's got two cars one of them one of the tires went down we're still unsure why it hasn't gone down again since changed it out for a spare anyway and the next day um get a call at seven o'clock in the morning um, can you come over and change another wheel? This time someone slashed a tyre on uh, the little car. And I, I can't leave them without transport, so there I am cycling out at 7 o'clock in the morning. Not happy. In-game... You don't um, live a bike a grove or something like that, do you? No, no, no. It's not, it's not usually too bad. It's, I'm, I'm putting it down to freak incidents at the minute. Someone trying their luck, because I know there's a policeman living next door to my dad, so... If there is going to be a problem, it won't be a problem for too long. Um, in game, I'm finally back in the bubble. Um, hey. oh, the stream's saying, saying I'm not alive. Give me a second. This what? is possibly a good thing. You'll be coming out different. You might well be coming out different set different outputs in OBS Toxic. That could well be it. Can you guys hear me now? I can hear you. The question is, can the... Yeah, you can. I've just... um, My little green bar is now bouncing on OBS. For some reason, I didn't have it up previously. Should have checked it before I started, really. Whoops. Um, Anyway, with all issues out of the way, finally back in the... Okay, so hang on. No, no, No? you're going to have to go back to where you were, because Twitch don't know what you've been up to, do they, mate? Do they not? We can always hear you. We can always make it up. Totally can be quiet. We can just make up what he's been up to. I liked it. That's a good idea. Jungle impression, to be honest. I thought that was really awesome. Jungle impression? I have no idea what a jungle impression is either. Don't worry. Just go. I thought thought you said bungle impressions, and they were thinking of rainbow. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, I'm just thinking about that infamous um, twanger rainbow session. (laughs) Oh, dear. Oh dear, here we go. Hot and orbital radio now. <laughs> that, that was Rainbow, not. Yeah. Would you like to play with my twanger, George? Okay. We clap, 
long. long. Anyway, moving on. So, Toxic, what have you been up to now that Twitch can hear you? Right, so now that Twitch can hear me, I've been changing car wheels like they're going out of fashion. Um, my dad's got two cars, and unfortunately, one of them had a flat tire recently. So, I went over there, helped him change that. He can't do it on his own. Um, understandably, he's got broken back. So, Ooh. I went changed his wheel on his car for him. And then next day, seven o'clock in the morning, I get a phone call. Can you come and change another tire, please? So I sit there thinking, what the hell? And he says, yeah, it's on the other car this time. So I go up there thinking someone slashed it. Take the wheel off. And yes, it does turn out someone slashed it. I go to put the spare on and that's got no tread on it. And when I say no tread, I mean the surface is made up of 50% metal. Ooh. So, yeah, desperate times, bad times for that. Um, although I did get a toolkit recently to take his roof rack off, finally. So his car should be getting a few more miles per the gallon when it has four wheels again. <laughs> when it has four wheels. <laughs> what have you been up to, to in-game, buddy? In-game, um, back in the bubble, finally, after... Mad exploration trip in the Beluga that's sitting outside Lave Station. If you're not coming playing with looking at the Beluga, come look at the Beluga. Um, I've been doing some mission running. I had a go at doing some hut and running, but just the board flipping felt too much of a grind to get some missions worth going out to hut and I couldn't get anything more than a million. Stube Sex um, is wondering if you live in Reedquat, by the way. Do what now? StubeSex on Twitch is wondering if you live in Reedquat. Although Reedquat isn't no, dangerous no, these no. days. Reedquat is far too respectable, if you ask me. You know, not I don't actually know where that is. Ago. I always thought Reedquat sounded like a pesticide. Right. Reedquat is just a couple of light years away from Lave, and it used to be a hive of scum and villainy. Nowadays, it's just a hive of pussycats and bandits. And not that many bandits, to be honest. It's Kind it's of lights. It's it's, a, ah, it's such a shame they 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 nerfed Ridquat. Ridquat was supposed to be the horrible place that you that only the bad people go. <laughs> yeah, and now it's just it's boring. It's like we need some, you know, we need like a Nashadar in game, basically, don't we? And that's where Ridquat used to be. I would say, you know, that same kind of idea. Yeah, I was coming. I was going villain, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Not like a home for the baddies type thing. Yeah, exactly. Well, they could uh, try and, and turn the old worlds into a kind of Pirates of the Caribbean place, didn't they? But uh, yeah, They tried, and then the Alliance tried. went off and had a face on with them. The Alliance don't like people doing stuff around the old worlds that isn't them. And moving on yet again, diplomatically. <laughs> I don't do diplomacy. You should know that. And that's why I'm rarely allowed out to play. Yeah, you can't you even do, say diplomacy, bless him. <laughs> I know. It, it's, a, it's, a good, it's a good attempt. <laughs> what, what's a good attempt? Uh, diplomacy. Okay. The pronunciation. Oh, uh, right. Anyway, should, should we move on with our show notes or should we just keep leathering? I'm easy either or. I think people are more interested in the show notes. And we did spend five minutes preparing them. 
I can show off that thing you made me prepare earlier, Ben. No, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that, man. All right. So I think the first thing we should really probably talk about is that Frontier are looking for ambassadors for the Paris Game Week, which is only in two weeks' time. Uh, so it's from the 31st of October to the 5th of November. Funnily enough, it's in Paris. And Ooh. if you've got any interest at all in going and signing up to be an ambassador for it, send an email off to community at frontier.co.uk. Oh, as much as I'd love to, I, don't, I think I've used up all my uh, my going out points for the moment. Yeah, well, the, I would be very, very tempted to myself, but I can't really... I haven't got a week's holiday I can just use, <laughs> and I can't really justify taking a week of unpaid leave off if work would even let me have it. I just can't get to France. There's a link to the... Uh forum post in the twitch chat by the way oh thank you shan yeah there'll be a link in the show notes as well when i get to it so you decide to go take pictures show us tell us what it's like we'll all get jealous we want pictures yes if anyone goes so is being able to speak french optional or is it essential they don't say they just say they do say being it close to paris is a benefit so I guess that means, you know, if you're in Over. Australia, they might not, you know, they might not fly somebody over from Australia or America. They might prefer having French ambassadors, and we do have a decent French community, but they might also be open for English people, Dutch people, Belgians, Spaniards. You know, we've got very enthusi- enthusiastic Spanish community, as we found out at FX. <laughs> so say that again. <laughs> So, you know, they, they they might not be looking purely for French people. Uh, they haven't said that one way or the other from what I've read so far about in their forum post. But I'm guessing that none of us would be in a position to do it, even if we wanted to. <laughs> yeah. I well. can't do it at the minute, definitely. In that case, then... Our lovely director of pest control, do you want to tell us a little bit about this exploring thing that's all very urgent, even though it's not for about another 18 months? Oh, uh, the um, Distant Worlds 2. Distant Distant Worlds 2. Yes, I'm just trying to find the um, thing in the show notes. Um, it's only been announced so far, but those of you who do want to go on DWE2, um, do come and join us. The more the merrier, please. So are you going to be like a LaveCon correspondent on... Sorry, Lave Radio correspondent on DWE2 uh, then? Yeah. I've also planned on doing sense. a bit of reporting while I'm out there, so definitely plenty of photos, videos, etc. Do we know the route yet, where they'll be going? No, not yet, unfortunately. I'm looking out for that. I'm also looking out to see what kind of jump range we're going to need, because I do want to take the Beluga if I can help it. So they're not just going back to Beagle Point, then? I don't believe so, no. We also don't, Do we know how long they'll be gone for? Because it was three months last time, wasn't it? And I'm not sure how long it is this time. Toxic? 
I'm just taking a look on the forum now. I'll stick a link to the forum post in the chat so that everybody else can take a look as well. Yeah, but that doesn't help the people listening to the podcast, buddy. you got to tell them what it says. I'm, I'm aware it, of this. So I'm reading it. I'm trying to read it. Actually, talking about reading things so they don't have to, um, when you get a chance, remember, you need to download Commander Wotherspoon's thing, which you probably don't have a link to. So, Grant, if you're listening, Grant, could you give Toxic the ability to listen and download Commander Wotherspoon's Garnet News, please? Do I need to keep talking Toxic while you look up the information for Distant Worlds? Well, we could move on to the next thing. Let's move on to the next thing then. Yeah. Uh, Shan or Colin, you guys want to take that one? Right, I'll take this one. Um, it does appear that the Thargoids are continue to continuing to evolve. Um, uh, commanders have reported that since the last upgrade last week, uh, the ships seem to be getting more manoeuvrable, and they now have the shutdown attack, which renders you immobile while they beat a hasty retreat. It does seem that a lot of people have noticed that the AI with the Thargoids has been improving over the last couple of releases. Which will link on to the next point quite nicely, I would have thought. Yes, indeed. Um, we have a new set of weapons, um, which are the remote flak launcher. Um, so basically, you fire a ball of flak, keep your bikey held down, and then when the, uh, when the signal shows on the crosshair, you release the trigger and it blows up. And they're Ooh. very and they're very very useful for killing. That's targets. a new mechanica, isn't it? It is, yes. The other thing about the remote flat launcher is they're not subject to the AX weapon limitations. So you can have four AX weapons and as many remote flat launchers as you can fit. The one thing I've always wanted to know about the AX weapons. I mean, are they any good against human commanders or only against targets? they are less effective against human commanders than the standard weapons. Ah. I see. And uh, according to the stream, I think it was last week that uh, Ed was on, the anti-shutdown device will be the one that's coming in the Aegis CG. Mm -hmm. And I also seem to remember them saying this is our last set of AX upgrades for now but they didn't specify how long for now was. Yeah, I mean, there has been reports of um, a new Thargoid ship someone spotted in the uh, in some of the uh, demos and things like that that uh, were presented. This, is this the FX? red one that you're on about? Yeah. Well, there's, there's also, I'm not sure if it's the same ship, but some very cunning people have been looking at the photographs of the Frontier office mm. and blowing up uh, pictures that are on the screen of said offices. Yes. And people have been speculating what is on those screens. Whether or not they're complete Thargoids is unknown at the moment. They might just be working on a ship and filling in bits later. Yeah. To me, it looked like the um, the heart thing that seemed to be scooped in one of the demos, but um, a lot of people have said no. What we don't know, of course, is when those pictures were taken, because it could be an earlier version of the heart 
and they then changed it before it went live. True. One thing that we definitely know, though, is Frontier are incredibly careful about the photos that they allow to be taken showing things on screens. So if there is interesting content on the screen, it's because Frontier wants it to be there. Well, yeah. The only problem with that is like like the interesting content that they put on one of the demos and people were able to work out where that content was by the star positions. That wasn't yeah. But Frontier are learning about that kind of thing as well. Yeah, well. Which is why, you know, okay, the um, inner bases have been found suspiciously quickly, which we'll be coming on to in a bit. Mm. But they weren't showing stars in the position to to allow us to say, well, judging by these star positions, this is where it is. Um, yeah. It was done largely by Moving educated on, we'll, we'll, reasoning, reasoning, which we'll come on to later. So, yeah. so do you think Frontier have been a bit, little bit sneaky by releasing content they wanted release and trying to make us think they didn't mean to release it? I think that is right off their street, to be honest. I really, really do. What were the bases, you mean? No, no, with the, uh, with the screenshots, pictures. Picture, the screen pictures. Oh, right. Um. <laughs> it's Frontier. It could be anything. Let's face it. So I have been reading on yeah. this forum thread, and it does say specific the distant worlds expedition two. Yes. Specific destinations, itineraries, event schedules, and the overall goal that DWE2 will strive for is something that we cannot discuss at this time, so please do not make any suggestions on those. However, do bear in mind that Frontier may not be able to keep their schedule, so the DWE2 date may move. At the end of the day, though... Why is DWE2 having dependencies on what Frontier are doing? Surely the galaxy is going to be there. Because the content, the content of the galaxy, well, be it new planets, the, the planetary updates, and things like that, that we get, and as also, part of beyond. and also phenomenon and anomalies. Yes, so, I, yeah. I would assume so, definitely. However, right. all that said and done, if you do fancy going, definitely leave a message on the thread saying I'm in or to that effect. Right. People are still saying you're quiet, by the way, toxic. I will, okay, I'll boost my yeah. microphone then. Eat your microphone, matey. I mean, I, I am current. if I stuck my tongue out, I'd be licking my microphone in a weirdly inappropriate kind of manner. Okay, this should be a bit louder for you guys. Fine for me? Oh. You've been fine for me, it's the question is, are you okay for Twitch? I am hoping um, so. Presumably for the, for the radio stream as well, guys. And for the podcast, for that matter, as well, because that's what Grant's recording. So, yeah. For lots of things. So, uh, has anyone on here tried the Thargoids since they evolved, or...? No. All I believe but... I'm hugging Thargoids, and that's all I'm doing to them. I did have an interesting experience. I was out going to give someone some fuel today, because they'd literally woken me up with the phone. Please, can you come and rescue me? I've run out, run out of fuel. Get out of bed, race over there, give them some fuel. Just as I jump, get ready to jump into their system, I get interdicted by a Thargoid from hyperspace. Oh, you got, so you got hyperdicted? Yeah. Out in the middle of, well, the opposite side of the bubble to where they play at the minute. So, 
Ooh. That was that was weird to me. They didn't do anything more than scan me and leave as they did to begin oh. with. Was it just the one Thargoid or the two Thargoids, one Commander, or what was it? It was just the one th- uh, one Thargoid. Just scanned me at it, fired its EMP, shut my ship down, and then scanned me with the yellowish green laser thing, and then disappeared as they normally do. Gotcha. Because yeah, that's, that sounds like the so it's like the original encounter, but outside of its comfort zone, shall we say, or outside of yeah. our comfort zone. It surprised me as to where it happened. Not the fact that it happened, because I'm used to things like this happening now. This is where we are in the story. But it's where it happened and why it happened there. I've not been hyperdicted once. Grumble, grumble. (laughs) I've been hyperdicted once, but only once, and that was out in the Pleiades. But I guess this hyperdiction pushing outwards does fit in with the... The friendly Thargoids, assuming there is such a thing, being using humanity as a meat shield is probably the best description I've heard. To be honest, I'm comfortable with them doing that because, um, in my opinion, who is the race that everybody knows will mess things up in the end? That would be us. so We're pretty if you've good got a problem yeah. with another race in the galaxy, who are you going to put yourself between? Yeah, if, if I was getting into trouble with someone in the street, I would put a policeman between me and them, and the policeman would sort them out. At the same time, if I'm a Thargoid and I'm having trouble with a bigger Thargoid, I'd put a human between me and them, because the human will do both of us. And we do have a bit of a reputation for unleashing biological weapons on Thargoids, I suppose. Yeah, I, I keep reading this everywhere. It's People are always announcing that, yeah... Humans do have this bad habit of opening their weapons before opening their mouths. Which kind of brings us on, skipping ahead a bit, to the INRA bases that have been found. I believe they're up to six now. They are, uh, yeah. Yep. And, and there's a quite an interesting one um, that's been found where there's like a landing pad um, littered with the remains of an old Thargoid scout that looks like it's been corroded. Yeah, that was quite interesting to see. I've got that on my um, to-do list. Um, so there's, there's six. There's six is found, and these are uh, you're speculating there's twelve in total. Okay, why are people speculating twelve in total? Uh, because one of the audio logs mentions twelve sites. I think it is. I think okay, that might be something to go and hunt at some point. Okay, that doesn't help me very much. Okay, whoops. Um, so, oh, do you want, seeing as we're talking about the Indra stuff, do you want to push ahead with it? I mean, have you visited them? I visited the first one that was found that we went to last week, but I've not visited these other five. No, I haven't visited. I visited the first one, but I haven't got around to doing the rest. Mm, I'm pretty much the same at the moment. Um, it's on the to-do list. That's That's what I'm doing in the next top shift. I'll be going around um, basically starting off with the, the crashed Thargoid Scout and then going around all the discovered bases so far. Okay. I mean, are they so all are you... relatively close into the bubble, I guess? They are, yes, because they're, they're all in the vicinity of the old systems. 
from the first Okay, game. so around Alioth kind of idea. Around that sort of thing. I mean, what I usually do with these things, I'm usually quite lazy, and I wait until someone has discovered all of them, and then I'll just go around all of them. <laughs> Path of least resistance. Exactly. Guilty. And then I'd actually fire your crewman for who just happened to be along for the ride. No, I'd leave them at the Fargoid base. Ah, <laughs> that is that just rubbish that's on the bottom of that, um, the thing that the Thargoid was melted onto? Or is it just like it's like Thargoid debris? Is it or something? It looks like Thargoid debris. Um, there's screenshots posted on Reddit of it, and also someone has done a. Uh, video of all the sites and when you see them drive around the SRV on the landing pad it's definitely remains of the Thargoid scout ship that so this is the 84 style this Thargoid the, ship this rather than the yeah, one we got this, correct it isn't the interceptor it's the scout ship the uh, the one that looks like the old style Thargoids okay that's probably a little bit worrying um, I must admit, I am actually beginning to really enjoy this kind of uncovering of lore because everyone suspected it. Everyone's thought, "Oh, this this is the kind of thing we know what's happened," and it's just finding the the new story again because everybody knew what happened in Frontier's first encounters, where eventually some kind of peace treaty had been arranged, but that's all been redacted now. So it's now interesting to find out what the new story is. It's well worth going around the six sites that are currently discovered because it does shed a lot of light on the story that we thought had happened. Okay, quick As somebody who hasn't played yeah. Elite since 84, um, I'll admit I only picked up Elite Dangerous um, a couple of years after its launch. Um, I've been loving the story so far. I am really hooked with it. It's... For a while, before 2.4 dropped, I was getting kind of bored with it. But now there's a lot more story. All the Thargoid stuff come, is coming around. Um, so much to research, so much to look at, so much to go and do now. It's crazy. Um, I don't have time for other games. Yeah, Going off what Colin said, I, I do enjoy the way it's being unfolded by mm-hmm. these little kind of breadcrumbs because one of the things that always bugged me about other MMO star games was you saw a question mark above an NPC's head and you immediately headed oh there's a quest there there's something to happen there and I don't know about you but I never actually read the quest text I just looked at what the loot was and decided whether yeah. I wanted to go do it go kill tell rant go kill tell ten rats yeah yeah, whereas in Elite, you don't quite know what the quest is until you've stumbled across it, and then it's this. So, it, yeah, it's it's interesting, and the story that they're pulling with it as well. It's, yeah. Uh, okay, I'm going to put on my play. Alan hat a little bit here, but we're we're not really the first people to discover this story. You know, someone is po- is finding it, putting their posts on out-of-game websites and things like that, and then we may or may not choose to go and see it. Is that yeah. a valid 
strategy for presenting your story? It depends on how you look at it, I think. Because in almost any game now, you can complete the game by looking at the wiki page or YouTube or something like that. The I, I think the only game that tried to do something different was Secret World, where you had these um, puzzles yes. that you unlocked and things like that, which is a different way of doing it. The way I like I liken it is if you want to put a role play hat on, was it's my commander hearing about these sites in a bar or a trading thing and they would then go and do this so how you imagine your commander finding out about them is i think up to you but I, i'm not sure how you can ever stop the gaming by youtube thing so this is no. just part of the universe that we live in and i mean it's something that we're guilty of doing ourselves on the show in that you know we'll deliberately go off and visit these bases and things like that and you know who knows maybe Maybe next week when I'm not hosting the show, we might go and fly around and look at these things. And I can, you know, I can lead the convoy off looking at these things, but I can't do that. And I can't do all these things at all the same time, unfortunately, uh, which is why we're just hanging out at Lay Station tonight instead. I think the other thing it gives you is the ability to choose whether or not you want to see the content firsthand. Because let's say, for example, the Forward Iron Rift and Conflux stuff is it would take me a couple of weeks to probably get out there and come back. And I would much rather just read about it than travel out there and come back because that part of the content doesn't interest me as much as the interest stuff. Yeah. And there is, I mean, isn't that where the first audio logs were through in-game? The first audio logs was was on the the mega ship that was discovered at the very end of the Fodderman Rift. Yeah, I thought that was. That was the first time that we had the audio logs, and then they led us on to what the rest of Salome has been up to. <coughs> Have you got cows lurgy as well there, Colin? I beg your pardon? Have you got cows lurgy as well? Yeah, it's, it's probably why I'm not going to be around for much longer. Otherwise, we'll just end up with my ship. A coughing yeah. fit causing my ship to crash into a sun. Oh. Yeah, that's probably probably not so good then. And to try not to die live on air, that'd be shall embarrassing. Move, shall we move swiftly on then, quickly? Yes. Yeah. Do you want to move directly on to something that affects you, Colin? Oh, are you are you on about the announcement that was made last night? Hallelujah. Yes, it is official. Um, Dave Hughes has now finally completed, or had approved rather, the Elite Encounters role-playing game. He announced it uh, last night on his stream, and he is now getting the uh, the PDFs and the appropriate bits out to backers. So, officially, that means that my miniature rules are officially in the Elite Universe. Congratulations! Yeah, I'm just trying to think. If I, you know, how do we how do we fit in your miniature rules into elite lore? And I, I know that's not what you mean, but I'm just trying to put that together in my head. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, me and Dave worked on that for about a sort of six months to a year. It took an awful lot to to try and, uh, and get working. And when you actually, I've, I've got an advanced copy of of the final book and. It is, it is up there with anything that's professional. 
It, it, the quality is there. Um, <laughs> Hang on. Are you? What? It's up there with anything that's professional. Oh yeah. I mean, that, that's sounding like you're saying that Dave isn't professional, which he is. Yeah, that's a real rigging endorsement, isn't it? <laughs> oh, for goodness sake. Um, put it this way. Dave has never been published. He's, he's never done anything like this before. And the fact that he has actually produced such a professional-looking book is just a testament to his it's five years this has taken him. And I know By it's taken himself. a lot longer than anyone's expected. He put, put a lot of effort in that. He really did. Uh, yeah, and yeah, the, the fact that it is looking so professional it's just an absolute tentament to to what he has this is this is something he's done by himself normally it takes but well, as we know with the uh the, the edrpg well, it normally EDRPG, takes people, it took them yeah. what a year with well john and oliver plus what three artists. or four art three or four artists plus what three or four law writers and things as well Yes, and so so basically, Dave's managed to do this. He's he's had to take a lot of stuff out. It's been it's been moved from the original vision, um, but it's now finally approved by Frontier, and uh, he's now moving on to the next stage. Which um, I think that means there is only one outstanding elite Kickstarter with the reward still to come out. Which was that has any chance in hell of actually ever coming out? Yeah, that has got any chance of hell coming out, and that's the elite archives. All the other ones, uh, I think, what was it? Supermassive, Elite Chronicles, and oh, I can't remember that Boz's book or whatever that was. Um, all those have disappeared. No one has heard, hide or hear of them for at least two or three years. But Dave has plugged through it, and you know he's he's taken a bit of flack. Because you know, because it was late, and unfortunately, he's, he's had health issues. But um, yeah, he's done it. And last night, he was almost in tears. I, I, I don't really blame good. him. That's absolutely, I'm so chuffed for him. And I guess the important question is, when do we get to play a game of it? Well, we'll have to arrange that with Dave at, at, at a later point. Um, I'm quite sure something at Lavecom and uh, Fantasticon can be arranged. So. No, I'm more thinking. I look forward to. We need to do another elite encounter session where, you know, Fuzzer goes off and delivers buff using his wrench and various other highly inappropriate things. Yeah, but I mean, mean, I'm I'm well chuffed from it, and I I can now also put in my CV I'm an official published game designer. (laughs) Yes, that's that's something good to put in a CV. You know, a lot of people would not turn that one down. So, published author and published CV game or uh, designer. Oh, fantastic! Yeah. Which is also sounding there. Congratulations, Colin. <sighs> it, yes, it, it's. Um, <laughs> but I think f- the majority of the credit still has to go to Dave because it was a phenomenal achievement. Totally. Oh, I mean, he's been. It's been an incredible, incredibly personal and. I think it's fair to say hard journey for him. Um, yes, uh, like I said, there's been a lot of health problems and and all the kind of stuff that goes with a, a high stressful project. And uh, but it's done. It, like I said, it, it's done. And uh, I think at this point, uh, it's, it's fair for me to say that when I I look through the book, it is something that he should be very proud of. Cool. I'm looking forward to getting my hands on my copy of it. 
and I'm looking forward to playing a game of it and all these other good stuff. Yeah, yeah, he he, he certainly um, he he certainly managed to knock it out of the park. I think that's absolutely fab. Oh. Sorry. Talk amongst yourselves for a second. My screen's just gone unlocked up with my show notes on it because I've been too busy talking about EDRPG for a second. Sorry, about Elite Encounters for a second. Right. Um, just quickly, uh, Shan, do you want to go over what the Frontier Annual rep- accounts were saying? Because they've just gone in, uh, just been released, haven't they? They have, yes. The 2017 uh, Annual Accounts and Financial Report has just been released and it contains some very encouraging figures, really. Um, I think if I was uh, David Braben and the director team, I would be delighted in some of the figures. Um, just a few highlights. The uh, operating profit of Frontier Developments has gone up by 550% to $7.8 million. Wow. The, the revenue is up 75% to $37.4 million. And they now have a positive cash flow of £3.4 million, which is up 610%. And there's been a few other little nuggets in there as well. Like, for example, um, Elite had in excess of £2.7 million sales since uh, December 2014. And... And for those people who were worried about the uh, monetization of uh, Planet Coaster and Elite, they confirmed in their annual report it would not include pay-to-win. Mm. I mean, one of the things that um, Zach Antonacci has confirmed is that uh, that $2.7 million, that is either a copy of Elite Dangerous or a copy of Horizons or the Commander's Pack, which combines the two. Uh, it does not include any of the add-ons such as ship kits or superficial changes that uh, that's available in the store. So um, it does seem that we've got two points, potentially 2.7 million players to broadcast to. But then again, remember, there are probably quite a few players who have two, if not three or more copies of the game as well. Well, just I know a few people that have got at least two copies of the game. Possibly, but we, we you can't tell exactly how much that money is, how much those accounts are. So I think we can safely say it's in excess of one and a half million individual players. Oh, I yeah, think I think that, that's fa- that seems fair. Well, we do uh, know there's at least one point, I think it's 1.2 million people who play it on Steam or have bought it via Steam. That also includes the, I, I think the backer keys that were handed out as well. But yeah, still, one point two million on Steam is, is nothing to be well sneezed at at all. There are, there's also a couple of interesting little snippets in that they are aiming for one major launch per year. So they're not talking about major launch of Elite Dangerous or Planet Coaster. This is a major launch of other games per year. Isn't that something they're ramping up towards rather than something they're in a position to do yet? Um, or is, are they in, a, in that position now? That's saying they're aiming for that. So what they want to do, if you read the report, is they want to move away from a game developer who develops games for other people, other studios, and towards a self-publishing studio. And the uh, sales to Tencent 
raised £17.7 million and was to improve um, that goal, you know, basically enable to self-publish, but also interesting to grow into the Chinese market. So that will be interesting to see what happens there. One thing that I'll be quite interested to see is, did you see that, oh, I think it's something Angels or something like that, or is basically using the assets from Elite Dangerous in their promotional materials. And it's a, chi- it's a Chinese um, tablet or phone game, but they're using Elite Dangerous's assets in their videos and even in some of their screenshots, even for the game or something like I that. I saw that. That's quite naughty, actually. I wasn't, sure if it was, I wasn't sure if it was naughty or whether it was like a licensing. So we'll have to there see. Ain't no, there, ain't, there ain't no licensing there. And I think it was Dale went off and said, yes, we know about these guys. They're being naughty, naughty, very naughty. Um, but I'm wondering, though, because it's a Chinese firm, if their relationship with Tencent can help with... Chinese companies' lack of concern regarding intellectual property, shall we say? Maybe. The thing that's, that um, I thought about with the Chinese market is if you... Because when you hear Chinese games, you think pay-to-win, you think grind, you think all that sort of stuff, but they've, they've countered the pay-to-win accusation by saying elite won't be pay-to-win. So I think that does assuage lots of fears around the Chinese market. Here's a question for you, right? If the Chinese market is okay with pay-to-win and the rest of the world's market isn't, would it be okay to have the Chinese market sitting behind the Great Firewall of China where you can buy an anaconda for £100? Doesn't affect our gameplay at all. No, I'm not sure because uh, I know, for example, Guild Wars 2 um, they did a special Chinese edition of Guild Wars 2 that, as you say, was pure localized to China only. And that had a lot of pay-to-win content. But because it was completely outside of the normal Guild Wars 2 experience, people didn't mind. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't think I would have any issues with Elite Dangerous China having, give us 100 quid and we'll give you a conda. Because it doesn't affect my gameplay, but I don't know what other people think. Well, at the moment, if it stays separate, then, yeah, there's no problem. It's, it's, it's if you suddenly get some kind of merging of the two two galaxies, which I don't think would be possible via the Chinese uh, Great Firewall. Oh, the Chinese Great Firewall, though, can leak like a sieve as well, unfortunately. So, you know, don't trust the Great Firewall of China to keep that locked up. Yeah, it would have to be, if you own, if your account is associated with the Chinese version, then you get access to the Chinese store. Otherwise, you don't. You don't, you don't get access to, to the rest of the world one. Yeah, you don't get access fine. to the rest of the world servers and things. And servers. But then, to be fair, <clears throat> if you pay to win an Anaconda, you don't have the experience to fly let alone fly the anaconda. <laughs> yep. So pay to surely, yeah, yeah, pay to rebuy, and that's cannon fodder for the rest of us. So now I'm not seeing so much of a problem. <laughs> I'm seeing an easy way to earn some money. 
So are you referring to the fact that there's a lot of harmless anacondas around Sothis? Maybe. <laughs> Not saying anything. Cannon fodder, I think the appropriate phrase is. Oh, should we go send some research limpets at them? <laughs> yeah, research limpets. Different, them to different death. cannon. So, yeah, I, I thought it was interesting. And also, what it does is it kind of dispels the image that uh, Frontier aren't doing very well, the game's on its last legs, doom, gloom, blah, blah, blah. Because if a company's profits are up that amount and the cash flow is up that amount, it's in a healthy state. Oh, I yeah, don't yeah, see I how... totally agree. And well, if, the... if they're doing that without having to go through pay to win, then. To be fair, they're doing something right, are they not? Well, yeah, but a lot of the negativity comes from comet threads and people with axes to grind. Because, I mean, you've seen what the forums are like these days. Half the time, I get the feeling that half the players don't even look at the forums. And there are some very, very, I should put this, enthusiastic supporters of other games who will love nothing than uh, putting Elite Dangerous down. Well, there is a, there is a controversy about the uh, lifetime expansion pack, wasn't there? Yeah, which um, well, Zach uh, had to step in and clarify a few things. Which do you want to mm-hmm. do, do? You want to take it through, Shan? Oh, the summary. That? Yeah. yeah, well, the the summary was was that um, Zach has confirmed that there will be additional premium content in two thousand eighteen. That would um, benefit lifetime expansion players, mm-hmm. and also you would have to pay for. Now he's not talking about paint jobs and stuff like that. It's actual game content, which kind of begs the question: is what could it be? Yeah, I mean, the, they were discussing the fact that you know they're not going to do the kind of Horizon season pack anymore, and it. It did make me speculate, well, what happens if it's a kind of landing computer or a certain thing that will allow you access to certain planetary types? Things like that. I hope it's not Mm. specific access to planetary types. That would be rather annoying. So I can can understand, like, maybe a couple of useless, silly... Well, maybe not useless and silly, but a couple of modules that maybe the galaxy could do without but would be fun to play with. I think if it was modules, people would accuse people of pay-to-win if it was modules. I think if it's functionality, like being able to refuel a gas giant using a fuel scoop, for example, then I don't think that would be much of an issue. But the question I have is, what would be the price point? How much would people pay to be able to refuel a gas giant, for example? Well, how how much are people paying for a ship kit? I mean, that's... It's very subjective. Yeah. I'm going to agree with Nephelius. We need mugs for our dashboard. But what, I think you know, the, the real... The content is... you know, Okay, so... You go and give Frontier 15 quid. Mm-hmm. And you can interact with gas giants. Whether that is... Fifteen pounds, and you know, in game, you've bought your your gas giant gravity manipulator 
widget. Who gives a shit? Basically, it means you can go and do stuff in Gas Giants now instead of bouncing off the the the, the frame shift wall that we have at the moment. Well, no, that's exactly yeah. what they had with with um. Uh, no, that's what we got with Horizons because yeah. you got the planetary landing. Uh, sweet. Now, just imagine if that planetary landing suite is upgraded so that you've got access to certain planets or you've got um, a certain upgrade to the fuel scoops. Then but I, is I that pay that to win? Absolutely... No, it's not pay to win. But look it's, at it's, the content you get on Horizons and the fact the stuff that you can only get on planets because you bought Horizons. One thing I'm pretty sure it won't be is walking around on Ships Spaceships, and no. atmospheric landings. Not soon, no. I think it won't be that, but I think it will be incremental upgrades that we can't do now. Incremental and optional, I think, would be the way I would phrase it. Well, I mean, the <laughs> one thing that I hope they don't do is they, they don't have something like jump gates where you have to pay to access them because that would just do my head in. It'd be like the M6 toll road, wouldn't it? It would be. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we don't want that. No, you, we want you to suffer the pain of going to Colonia the hard way, as I am. <laughs> I had to do it before the Neutron Superhighway. I can't Make yourself the, lucky. I, I can't use the Neutron Superhighway. I've only got a 15-year <laughs> range blooming Sidewinder. It doesn't work. Why doesn't it work with an... Because basically, uh, the uh, the amount of jump range I get is absolutely negligible. So I'm not going to risk an unshielded sidewinder through that. Imagine what it's like in a T9. And to be fair, I did try it in a T9, and whether it was the way I was scooping or whether I whether I was doing something wrong, I could not get the frame shift drive to supercharge in the T9. Okay, well, you only give yourself I... the blame for a T9, for goodness sake. I'm sure Grant- it had the Lavecon skin. It should have worked. <laughs> it's just exploded all over me. I don't know, but that's the second ship that's gone boom outside yeah, the station I, tonight. I saw an Asp went boom earlier as well. Was that the station doing it, or was it you? No, no, they're, they're self-destructing as far as I can see. They're, yeah, I can't see what's sitting there, and then they're going boom. It could just be somebody hitting the self-destruct button in their ship, I suppose. But I just felt the explosion against me. Yeah, I, I don't know whether my beluga's getting damaged or not. I'm just sitting here looking at the station. I got a pretty ship. There's loads of pretty ships surrounding me, so I'm happy. Yeah, here's I'm looking at the moment. Yeah. Here's a thought for premium content. What about the ability to customize your HUD colors? Oh, no, I think that would that should be standard, I'm afraid oh. to say. Would you say that should be... Technically, we've about. already got it. No, would you pay a pound like we pay a pound for our various laser collars and things like that? Someone's just put a sidewinder right in front of my camera. Time to adjust, I think. No, sorry, a Cobra Mark III. Oh, no, there we go. It's gone now. I was just thinking of stuff they could add that people wouldn't get too... Oh, that's Winjin Pong. And I thought customising HUD colours. Like, if it was a couple of quid, I'd pay a couple of quid to be able to customise HUD colours. Customize how though, because technically we've already got it. If you don't mind modifying a configuration file, which is not yeah, against any TOC, not, if I'm honest, it's not ideal though, is it? Because if you customize it, 
in certain ways you lose the color red or everything is blue or something like that so being able to customize it properly yeah yeah i I really don't understand why they did it that way i do like some of the suggestions that we're getting in the chat at the moment we've got sort of uh well someone's suggesting a unique ship but you know that could be on the border of pay to win i think that's definitely getting in pay to win yeah Yeah, you could only get the crate if you gave them a couple of quid that's a bit a bit citizen isn't it um i mean someone's asked for a, a, a for the mug bubble Bobblehead. <laughs> I would definitely give Frontier a couple of quid for that, yes. Yeah. Um, I would Jonathan... worry if there was a mud bobblehead. I would just worry about it smashing after coming out of hyperspace. Have uh, you seen what happens to the commander ones? They break their hut, necks. Hutton mugs are made out of metal. They'll be fine. Uh, Jonathan T Time says it could be a customizable ship interior. That it might be quite an interesting one where you own you can start hanging trophies off your uh oh, I'd give Frontier 10 quid just to fix my anaconda's bloody wiring. <laughs> or we'd have a little duct tape patch above it. Yeah. I mean, some people have sort of said that, you know, things like you th- <laughs> they might actually sell something like the MB4 mining machine. Possibly. Someone asked, the, uh, someone asked about that at uh, a LaveCon one year, and I think they have stopped answered the question uh, about the, the, the MV4 and they said the issue was persistence <laughs> because you'd have to remember the state of every single mining machine on every single planet that had been landed on in the entire game Commander Lennon has made a suggestion that they're putting a firewall over the Drabble thread okay that again would be worth good money what pay not to see it or pay to see pay it? not to see pay it. not to see it yeah i could see that going somewhere grant at the moment is is coughing at us from from his deathbed at, in a very loud class we need to take away <laughs> yeah now i i mean i think that that would all be all right but i'm just so i mean okay i think so we'd be okay with say specific planets that you could unlock as premium content yeah i mean you, you as, as someone has pointed out in the chat already it's not pay to win if you've got um basic if you haven't got engineers on the planet surface because the the main thing for horizons for horizons win. does have engineers on the planet surface though yeah no that's what i'm saying as long as you don't have new engineers on these planets you have access to it should be fine Yes, because if the gas giant engineers, for example, enabled you to have a 70% increase on your frame shift drive, then that's different to yeah, the other engineers. So yeah, I think that's, I think that's reasonable. And I was thinking about the gas giant um, functionality anyway, is really, if you have a scoopable sun, apart from looking different, what does being able to scoop from gas giants give you? I think there's something wrong with these ships tonight. They're all going boom. That's the third one tonight. I, d- I can see somebody ramming someone else. Anyway, to get back to your question, I think what it gives you is a safer way to scoop. So you're, you know, obviously the gas giant, you'll be a lot cooler, cooler and you won't risk overheating so much. I don't know because you've got the friction of the atmosphere, haven't you? And gas giants are pretty big for the gravity side of it. Yeah, but you you probably don't have to go so deep into the gravity well to 
scoop it, but maybe you do. I mean, it well, could be really. Oh, sorry, I just had a. You, you know how we've got the neutron stars and things like that. Yes. Could you imagine if you have, shall we say, high quality fuel pockets inside a gas giant? Well, yeah. I mean, it all depends whether or not you could refine that fuel and sell it. Uh, oh, no, and I'm just thinking about using it. And then on top of that, you you are thinking of mis, uh, majorly of the Babylon Five crushing. Uh, oh yes, you know you know I'm thinking that, and yeah, we definitely want to just keep flying our ship into Jupiter or whatever. The bonehead maneuver. <laughs> <laughs> no offense, meant. So it, it's just interesting to think what premium content they could be talking about because as i say it's it's unlikely to be anything big like walking around i think it'll be the say five ten pounds value yeah i mean even if that even if that's the case um i mean the the lifetime membership people who have either paid for it via kickstarter or via um the actual pack itself i mean they should Zach assured us that we will be getting that kind of premium content for free. So, yay for us, I guess. I shouldn't be, I shouldn't gloat about that and rub it in so much, should I? Well, it was something that was highlighted on the forums, and as usual, all the detractors jumped on it as if it was a a lifeline to to bash Elite Dangerous with. So, you know... Yeah, no matter if Frontier go off and say, well, actually, no, the lifetime expansion pass, they've got to pay for this shit too, then people would be rightly moaning about that. But then if they say, well, these lifetime expansion packs get a, you know, get access to this, then other people are going to moan about that. So you can't win either way, can you really? So do you think Frontier will ever offer the lifetime expansion pack again? Or do you think that's it? No, I think that's it, to be honest. Um, Unless, of course... No, I don't think they will. Because um, I think, personally, (laughs) there might be... There's obviously the the atmospheric planets and uh, the walking around ships. Those two things are big pieces of work, which I imagine that we will have to pay for. And it will will be a, a reasonable chunk. I, I I can't see anything else in there that they would uh, be able to justify a charge for. What about walking around space stations? That that's walking around your ships. That that's, that's an expansion oh, is that the, of is that walking. The same thing, or well, it'd be say five pounds and you can yeah, walk around the ship. same engine. Five pounds you can walk around a space station. Well, no, you're getting into Star Citizen's territory here. You are um, no, because if you if you follow the Horizons model. Basically, you pay for this. This, yeah, but they're not following the horizons model, are they? That's the thing. So, you know, you separate out and say, you know, with horizons, we got access to four fairly major content packs. Well, six actually now. Well, yeah, now, yeah, but you know, originally, Mm. um, and we got that for around about 20 odd quid. So let's say you pay five quid and you can walk around your ship. Five quid you can walk around a space station. Five quid you can walk around a the base on a pl- on an airless planet. And oh so- no, 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 all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but I'd probably have them price it a little higher than five quid though. 
<laughs> well, I'm, give, I'm giving, let's say, four places for 20 quid is what I'm kind of thinking. Uh, I, th- I think that's a rather low price point. You walk around planet for the same price as a ship kit. So how would you actually get that to work game mechanics-wide? Would it be a little turnstile or something like that that would stop you from going somewhere? How would you... Uh, like I said, it'd be it'd be down to restricted to the modules again. Basically, if you have a certain module on your ship, it means you've got got access to certain functionality. Oh, oh, I mean, you can't stop somebody from walking around their ship, but you can stop them from getting out of their seats. So I guess you know, give us some money, and we'll give you the ability to unlock your seatbelt, <laughs> or something like that. I guess. Yeah, special kind of vac suit that allows you to walk around the ship. Oh, no, better still, batteries for your magboots. <laughs> <laughs> and you've got to keep paying for them as well. Oh, no, no. You've got to keep paying for Because some of these ideas I well, really not other, liking. I mean, otherwise you'd float away if you back Yeah. <laughs> oh, your, your, your Duracell's running low. Please go and give us another 20 quid. Hmm. Is there any chance we can move on? Ten pounds for the ability to blow a snot bubble. Um, and on that subject, <laughs> well, come on, it's better than sixty quid for a monocle. Yeah. Well, yeah, people were asking about monocles, weren't they, when they were talking about um, entitled content, shall we say? So toxic. I think you've got something to show us if we'll, if it's all set up and ready to go. The open overlay. Well, before Toxic gets that set up, should we talk about Newsletter 198, which will take us all of five seconds? Oh, that's a good idea, because it's right at the start of the show notes. Yeah, so Toxic uh, Newsletter 198, not really a hell of a lot of content, apart from the Python Predator pack, which is very, very bright. Everything else was kind of... It's pretty vanilla, I thought. I don't know about you guys. Well, all I can say about that is that that was a really good thing to do, after everyone was suffering from hangovers from FX, give them blooming pythons that are so bright it burns your eyeballs out. I, I thought it looked like the ships had been attacked by several thousand highlighter pens. Uh, by my daughter. Yes. But they, they, they are in a sort of, I won't call it a habit, but it does seem to be have a routine for a new store item every week now, because I think for the last couple of months it's been a new store item weekly, hasn't it? That seems pretty reasonable to say, yes. Although they've certainly highlighted one, anyway. And to be honest, I've got no problems with that, because 90% of them I've not been interested in. No, it's entirely optional as well, isn't it? You know. uh, one thing which we do have to mention that was in the newsletter is that the Elite Dangerous subreddit is doing the Extra Life stuff so there's a 24-hour marathon of gaming taking place on November the 4th, and the Elite Dangerous subreddit are wanting uh, commanders and streamers to join in, help them raise money for that and things like that. So you can get, you can find out all the information about that on Reddit slash R slash Elite Dangerous, and it's all over, it's all over that there front page. To be honest, I think it's one of the sticky threads and everything like that as well. Um, I know. What is X? Do you know what Extra Life is actually all about? I, have to admit, I, I don't know much about Extra Life. 
I'm afraid I don't. Sorry, sorry, no. <laughs> um, one thing I, I, I know it's more American bias than British bias, so that's why I don't know anything about it. Um, flicking through the notes, did all of you pick up on the new ship scale video with new? Yes, I did. That looks nice. It looks really nice because they've, they've kind of changed the background. Although I must admit, I did prefer the white background with the person to scale on it to give a better impression. But they put yeah. a lot of work into the animation of it. You know, it was. Yeah, I, it was I guess, nice. I'm guessing they were just using. Are they just using put the ships into Unreal Engine or something like that, all at the same scale, and then move around it? I'm not sure because the the ships actually had texture. This time, in the previous version, they were like just white models without any texture in it. But this time, they actually yeah. had texture. And that's um, why I was wondering if they'd gone off and put them into Unreal Engine or something to get the textures in there. I don't know. But it looks awesome. 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 I a lot of work for doing that. Price have props to them. Yep. One thing which, I have to admit, did annoy me a little bit was the fact that none of the ships had their landing gear down because they were all sitting on the landing pads. I felt, you know, they need to be docked and landed with the landing gear down, and they're just kind of floating there, aren't they? They, they are, but so much effort and work had gone into rendering them and stuff like that, you just kind of don't notice. You just think, where's my ship? Where's the ship? Oh, yeah. Oh, no, it was about the third thing I noticed by the time we got on away from the space loach. I think just for fun, he should, at the end, have a like a two-kilometer-long space loach or something. <laughs> God help us. <laughs> that would be hilarious. I feel like the giant worm in Star Wars, you know, that comes out of the asteroid. I just have a loach that comes out. And we're going to have him to carry that around Quickly, we're going to have to say bye to Colin because he's losing his lungs here. So you take care, buddy, and get well. Nice. But Adam, Adam Woods did tweet today that space loaches are reproducing in the frontier offices. And I reckon they're the next big bad guy after the Thargoids. I can confirm that because on our tour there was a glass bowl with a, a the, with mummy or daddy loach in it with lots of little baby space loaches in the bowl as well. So we didn't like, get photos of that, did we, Dan? I'm not sure we were we were allowed to, were we? Uh, I didn't even try, so I don't know. But yes, space loaches are definitely breeding because they're on Sandro's desk. Oh dear, we were in trouble. We are. Isn't this actually, is it Steve Kirby who actually is the space loach breeder, shall we say? I don't know. What What do you call so? Is it a wrangler? Because usually there's like a, you wrangle horses, don't you? Does one, does one wrangle a, a, a loach? I don't know. Or do, I, I, to be honest, I actually think you just stroke a loach, don't you? I don't, I don't know. know. I think it's getting That's a bit silly. That's a bit dockers. I thought you wore a loach, but... Every time I see him on stream, he's wearing it so, on his one of his shoulders. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, but yeah, the the loaches are breeding, and the but the loaches are awesome, and we we, we I, I love how the fact that they've got the loach in in the in the video, and it's been in for a wee while now, hasn't it? Yeah, on the streams and stuff when he appears, when Sandro appears. Yep. Right. So, are you ready now, Ashley, for talking about? Yes. Lovely little shiny thing that, well, that I found and I pointed you in the direction of. I guess I thought I didn't find it. Actually, I, I can't take responsibility for finding it. But you found a Reddit post that contained yeah. <laughs> it, and then you shoved it my way and said, "Research this. I want to show it on the radio tonight." 
yeah, do this, I'm working, bye. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So I have been playing with it today, and it is pretty cool. So what we are talking about is desk pins, and I'm just going to bring this up on the stream, see if they can see the browser. There we go. So desk pins is an open source application which will allow you to pin applications above any full screen, unfortunately not real full screen, um, full screen borderless window application. So in this case, it would be Elite Dangerous that we're playing. And screenshot on the forum that I was shown shows the uh, A Media Player for, I think it was Netflix, um, pinned atop of Elite Dangerous. And I can show you that right here as well. Um, just flick these scenes over again. Yeah, I mean, I have to be the thing that immediately sprang out to my, my notice was the fact that you could be going off to Hutton Orbital or you could be doing your exploring and you'd be able to have a video stream or something like that in the foreground. Not necessarily something you want to interact with, but something you want to passively monitor, shall we say, whilst flying around in your spaceship. And that struck me as a, as a handy little thing if you've only got one monitor. Um, I mean, I yeah. know you've so, got about 20 monitors, don't you, Toxic? I've got three, and I'm looking to hook up another two at least. And then I've got the laptop off to the side, and it's still not enough. But I have been playing with it today, and it is pretty nifty. Um, so it's got probably the smallest settings window in the world. You can choose a pin color for the t um, title bar of the window that you've pinned. You can pin many windows. Um, they say infinite. I'm gonna try that one day. Um, see how many windows. Can you go for take. recursion to have a window window pinning a window pinning a window, or is that not how it works? No, no. A pinned window is just it stays on top. Whether the application supports staying on top or not, it will stay on top. So in this case, I've got an MPV player with an open source video in it. Reason I choose this is because it's um player with no decoration other than title bar if i was to now click on elite dangerous does it lose the title bar when it goes into pinned mode shall we say no no it doesn't so i'm going to pin it now so it stays atop elite dangerous right well would you have the ability you know how firefox or chrome or whatever you can say go full screen can you make it go full screen but make the full screen just be itty bitty no um not unless there's a modification for it. I'm okay, yet to so see it'd be, any it'd be kind nice of fun functionality it'd be, like that. Yeah, turning it into a, a borderless window would be really quite nice if you could do that. It would be pretty cool. Yeah, one thing that I've noticed just from looking at your screen is that you are... Now that you're doing all this, your frame rate seems to have dropped quite a bit. Uh, that's probably the frame rate of Elite. My graphics card is not the best, and I've just started it playing a HD video atop a HD game while it's doing a HD stream. So it's not sounding yeah. particularly happy right now, I'm going to admit, <laughs> but we're going to carry on. Oh, is that on. all the birds or something? Um, this is I a video called video. Big Buck Bunny. It's an open source video that I've had for a long time. I, 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 testing I, I, stuff. I've seen it, I recognize that video, but I can't remember where I've seen it from. But yeah, I've seen that video, so I, I, that's, uh, it's going back a bit. 
right, let's see how many. Yeah, let's see how many commanders oh. I upset just by trying to move. Just to prove that I am actually playing the game while somehow watching well, a film. watching a video. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's a bit like the guy who had a video in Oculus Rift, isn't it? Yes. Try and dock while watching a video. Yeah, you want me to dock this thing while watching a video? No problem. Let's go. Can you set the alpha alpha le- alpha levels on it? That'd be another thing that'd be really really handy, actually. No, unfortunately not. It's a very very small application, which is something else I'm going to come on to. The Mac I'm using to play game, stream, and everything, very very rich in resources. This application takes next to none of those. It's okay. probably 14 meg in the memory, and the CPU is at zero. Well, so yeah, it's it doesn't chew up resources then. And I guess it no, just depends what no. you're doing with it. Docking permission. Yeah, never without permission, buddy. I think Toxic's going to get a slap in the bum. He's got a fine. Yep. Anyway, so I mean, it, it, it's a nice open source. Get out of my way, please. I'm trying to dock on stream. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like a good idea. Um, and I could definitely see it being handy for people with one monitor and wanting to do something whilst they're playing the game, because saying this in the nicest way possible, Elite is definitely one of these games that you can be doing your mining or doing your trade run or whatever, and it's... I think relaxing would be a polite way to describe it, wouldn't it? It allows you to multitask, shall we say, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So especially for things like the hut and run, when you're sitting there pointing in one direction for nigh on an hour, just going in super cruise. Um, yeah, this would be the one for that. Especially, as you say, yep. if you've only got one monitor. Yeah, indeed. So I think, should we move Should we move on from this before you die? No, um, I want to see him die. <laughs> yeah, let's let's try and you die. would just you're just going to try and fire him, aren't you, Shan? Shh. I was just thinking <laughs> this, this is the best advert for getting a docking computer I think I've seen. Out of interest, can you just type Control F to see what your frame rate is before it gets twitched? Because uh, before twitch, forty-one frames per second. Oh, so you okay? So you're you're running a lot smoother than it looks like on Twitch then. Because it looks like you got about one frame per second on Twitch. Um, I really don't know what's going on with it. It's... That should be my stream, so I don't know if how it's looking for other. Well, people. to be fair, things are a bit jerky here. Um, the video has just played at something like six times to catch up where it uh, to where I actually am. So, um, it, my system might well be under load. Um, I'm assuming the link to this program will be on the show notes. The link will definitely it will be, on be on the show notes. Yeah, definitely. So, should we move? Should talk about, talking about videos, should, I think we do owe a Obsidian Ant a humongous congratulations on reaching. We do. Uh, you know, that's definitely well deserved. I think. Yeah, one hundred thousand subscribers, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, he's got 100,000 subs now, which is awesome. And I will freely admit that I don't watch many Elite Dangerous Twitch streams. You know, I, I don't watch Salazen, who is a friend of mine. I don't watch Colin when he's streaming. I don't watch Toxic 90% of the time. I don't watch Karash. 
you know, I've got all these friends, personal friends of mine, who I do know, they go off and do Twitch streams. Oh, thanks. That's kind of you. Don't watch me, but I'll turn around and watch you when you do streaming. I'll remember that. (laughs) It's something I don't... Very, very rarely do I actually sit down and watch Twitch streams because 90% of the time I'm doing other things. Um, Now, I will sometimes have a Twitch stream on in the background whilst I'm doing say, the Hudson Run or something like that. But also, if I'm doing that, then I'll quite often just watch a video or listen to an audiobook and things. Because uh, I do find, even though I'm just trading, watch. I find if I'm watching a video, I wind up just like trying to dock without uh, requesting docking permission like you just tried doing. Whereas if I'm listening to an audiobook, it's requiring less of my concentration so I remember to do handy things like request document permission. Um, so I don't generally watch a lot of streams and things, which I feel quite bad about. I, I have got I, I, nothing against getting the fines that I've just got. I'm streaming. It's a bit of fun. Mm-hmm. And oh, my God, the ass was just some, something. I hope that pilot's yeah. OK. I've, I, I watch quite a lot of Twitch streams. And quite often there are people who come on there who are new players saying, um, can you direct me to a player group or can you help me to get into the game or whatever? And yeah. the bit of advice is just watch the Twitch, Twitch streams and the streams and uh, just join in. So I, I, I enjoy the streams. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the streams I are watching, a good way of interacting people. No, they, they definitely are. And I enjoy, I, when I'm watching a Twitch stream, I enjoy it. It's just that if I'm, if I'm actually sitting down in front of my computer, I'd rather be playing the game rather than watching somebody play the game. If that makes any sense whatsoever. It does, but, yeah. yeah. But where I was going with this was one of the things I do do is Obsidian Ann's videos are usually 10 minutes long tops. And that's a good length of time for if I'm having, say, a cup of coffee in the morning before I run off to work, I can watch Obsidian Ann's latest videos and they're usually really, really good quality. And I think everybody just seems to love his voice for some reason. I don't know why, but everyone just seems to have a a thing for you know, saying hi, guys and girls. Yes, also, he's very dedicated as well, isn't he? Because I think he had a expo video out at one o'clock in the morning on the Sunday. So basically, he'd... While people were still out partying, he had gone back to his hotel yep. room and done a video and submitted it. Yeah, he, he did do that. While, so while the truckers were out getting pissed, he was actually being professional. Which I guess is <laughs> he's part of the reason for his success, isn't it? But yeah, And he's a lovely guy, to be honest. He's a lovely and incredibly humble guy. He is, yeah. I think he said he's going to do an unboxing of the um, little plaque you get for having 100,000 subs from YouTube. I think he said that on his stream. He might well have. I've not. <laughs> After just saying I like watching his videos, I've not watched that video yet. <laughs> well, he, he streamed the first time in ages, didn't he? That's He did do uh, some streaming the first time. That's when he hit 100,000 subs on that stream, I believe. Okay, so is he, does he, when he's streaming, is he streaming on YouTube or is he streaming on Twitch as well? I think he streamed on YouTube, but don't hold me to it. 
Fair enough. I don't suppose it matters really that much. Right. No, not really. Right. Just looking through our show notes, we've we've kind of covered everything apart from the supposedly main discussion, haven't we? Um, kind of. There was. There's also I noticed on the forum today. There's issue two of Sagittarius Eye. You know the fan. Oh yes. Yes. That, uh, that just came out the other day. Um, had a quick flick through it. it. It looks good as the first one, actually. So I'm quite impressed with it. Okay, so that's. I mean, are there any highlights in that that you'd want to draw to our attention, or is it just a case of issue two is out, go read it? Um, if I must confess, I haven't had a chance to read and digest it. I had a quick flick through of it. So. Um, um, I had a quick flick through, and there is a really nice in-depth um, interview with the commander who has spent a long, long time exploring to the point where they've shown a picture of the galaxy map and they've traced the outs. He has traced with his um, navigation route through, I assume, uh, EDSM, the outside of the galaxy. So, yeah, that, that's impressive. There's really nice photos in there. Really worth going and having a look. And talking about exploration, did you catch the uh, colliding planets? Did you see this one? Um, no, I, I haven't. Did actually, yes. I, I I just skimmed it. I didn't actually catch it properly, but I'm aware of it. Well, I've, near Colonia, I believe it is the. Um, I think it's uh, one of the commanders uh, from Utopian Explorers. Um, they found two planets that were actually colliding with each other. And, so they're physically uh, intersecting. They're physically intersecting. So he landed his ship on one as the top of the planet went over the top of the head of his ship. It is, it is that close. Um, apparently they tried to get an SRV to jump from planet to planet, but they couldn't quite make it. I'm just thinking, if the planet's going from the top of one onto the other, could you start out on the one that's going into the planet so that, you know, your SRV, instead of going into the middle of the planet, goes onto the other planet? That That's not working, I'm guessing. They tried it and couldn't manage it. Right. Not to say it can't be done, but it was... Yeah, they did try it. Um... But I hope Frontier doesn't fix it. It's like um, the Meter and Hollow thing. I want to go and yeah. try it. I want to go and try it. I love Meter and Hollow. It's the, the planet that lands on you. It's so awesome. But yeah, these, I've got, We've got to go back there at some point. It's been a long time since I've been there as well. This is what I like about Elite Dangerous. Isn't Sometimes isn't what's supposed to be there. It's things that aren't supposed to be there. Or just the weird little... Well, I believe Meter and Hollow was a coding error um, by the developers. I think they uh, mistyped a value, which is what made it spin around so quick. Uh, but it was so popular with the player base, they decided to keep it. Seems fair. And uh, Oh, I know on the way out to Colonia, don't you go past this thing that looks like it's... Uh, I think it's a stellar nursery or something like that, but it looks like it's the stellar nursery of the gods where all the stars are literally lined up one on top of the other on top of the other. Um, I haven't seen uh, that. It's near one of the nebulas, I believe. Um, but anyway, I looked into why this is, and apparently the reason why this is the way it is is because... A lot of the, as as you know, the stars in the game 
that we have accurate meaning things for, they're plotted out in their actual locations. But a lot of the stars that we have their actual locations for aren't actually that accurate. That and that's why they're all these are these are all plotted out stars, but the our tech, like humanity's tech for actually figuring out where they are, maybe makes it a little bit 2D and line up nicer than they really should do in real life. Even though it looks awesome, I think, and it looks just like, you know, it's just like the Thargoids put them there or something weird. Uh, I, uh, I, I keep forgetting names, so apologies to who it was, but uh, someone was talking about how the lighting changes that are coming in in the Beyond series could well change the way the entire galaxy looks because the the galactic core colors and the way that band across the sky looks is all predicated on having a single light source yep and with multiple light sources could well change the look of that permanently i, I mean i would love it if our lighting came from well potentially everything to be honest almost like it's ray traced in um, that's coming, isn't it? That, that'll be one of the things coming in. They didn't say how many light sources, though, did they? This no, I mean, this hopefully all the light sources. And reflections. I think I can just see people's graphics cards melting as soon as they jump <laughs> into some systems. Mine already is now, and I'm just sitting outside Lave. I mean, talking about that, I mean, there's... Christ, how many... There's about 20-odd commanders outside Lave tonight. We've got... Okay, I'll do, I'm going to do an early shout-out, seeing as it's ten past ten already. So we've got Commander Bograt, Commander Dissington, Toxic, um, Kraken, Karuma, Decim, Makak, Mokhukikil, or however they pronounce that. Paul Archer's here, Palm, Reckless, Upper Bottom, Ventura, Zla, and who's this eagle? There's an eagle here whose name I don't have. So I've got lots of people. Radisson, have I said Radisson? That's upper bottom. Where's the eagle? I'm looking for the eagle. Oh, there's a dolphin here too. I will do a shout out for the Twitch um, chatters in a. Now we've got. I know we've got so, about we got about sixty odd people listening on Twitch tonight, which is awesome. Oh, Ventura's oh, yeah. one of the eagle. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a load, a load of people sitting outside Life Station, which is awesome to see you all. So and a I big shout out to those that have blown themselves up or have been blown up for the stream. Something to watch. Thank blown you. up for science. <laughs> science? No, for entertainment. <laughs> yes. So, shall we quickly, before we wrap the show up, shall we talk about our updated thoughts and views on Frontier Expo? Um, we could do if people got another hour, I guess. Well,. Wrap up your thoughts in about 10 minutes and we'll see how we go. Oh, what about the shout-outs? Well, we've done these ones. Are you what? Are you talking about the Twitch ones or what other ones? Uh, uh, we'll do Lave, them closer Lave towards Con, the end of the Twitch stream. LaveCon 20. Well, that, that's why I said if you've got about 10 minutes, we'll you know we'll cover this and then we'll go to the shout-outs at the end. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, what are you... you yeah, we've had a, we got a time to pause and reflect about Frontier Expo... We've got all these changes which we've been le alluding to, like the lighting stuff, although you know, we don't know how big it's going to be. We don't know anything about it. We just know something. 
we know that something is happening to the quality of the graphics. Uh, looks like there's a lot more rocks and shiny things on icy things or something like that. Um, no more beige. Well, less beige, rather than no more beige. Um, oh, that was a very close explosion to my ship. That expect ex- uh, that Esp Explorer exploded right in the camera. Sadly. Okay. Pardon, Shan? No, no, I was, I was just looking at what we've covered. So we've covered premium content. We've sort of covered yep. the the screenshots of into of the uh, frontier offices. Yep. Uh, I mean, what exploration we... changes we've covered? Oh, I'm. Yeah, I know. During the live show that we did at Frontier Expo, we were talking about the wing missions, and I. Th- Somebody was suggesting the idea of uh, yeah, a wing mission would be me and, say, a Type 9 hiring Shan and Toxic and Colin to escort me along to Reedquat to make sure I get there safely. And that didn't strike me as some... That didn't, that's not what I thought that a wing mission would be. Um, I thought well, there was any reason it, why not. It's, it's interesting, but it's not compelling. Yeah, I mean, what I personally am seeing a wing mission to be is help us, Commander. Our station is under attack by this Cyclops Thargoid. Why don't you and some of your buddies get together and beat them up for us? Well, I'm, I was thinking about other things as well, because I, I take my cue from other, other games. Um and for example, I keep going back because it's the game I played most recently. Is Guild Wars Two, and they have these big world events that take up up to 150 players to complete. And what you can imagine playing for Elite for a wing mission is, let's say, there's a new sort of Thargoid base found, and you have to have a wing of players in different positions doing certain things at the same time to open it up. That sort of Okay, so more than a CG, but less than just you shooting everything. Yeah, so you have a puzzle that takes four of you to complete, for example. That I'm up for. (laughs) That I'm up for. That's it. Um, Content delivery uh, has an option in there as well. So, yeah, I'm up for that. And I think when I first saw it, I thought, oh, yes, we'll, we'll need to do... I don't know, there'll be raid bosses or whatever it is in-game. Um, that was my first thought. But I thought, well, it's going to be a bit samey if the only wing missions are going to be kill this boss, which is why I thought about having the um, the puzzle aspect. You know, you need an SRV on a pressure plaid or whatever to progress through. And I think that would be mm-hmm. quite interesting to, to, to do that. Because kind of like have... the Thargoid sites, but you've got to do it all at the same time or within... Oh. I was yeah. thinking a bit like the base assaults where you, know, you go off and say someone in an, in an SRV, as you say, goes off and unlocks the thing. And then you know, two of us maybe go through in our ships and you know, maybe have to do something in a fighter. Fi- so a fighter taking out the skimmers or something like that. And somebody in their ship rescuing the princess in the other castle. Or whatever. Ashley Duval has been kidnapped. Go and rescue her. <laughs> oh, actually, that's... With I mean, pleasure. 
talking talking move, moving swiftly on from rescuing for the princess um what about you know the whole narrative and story stuff because you know we know that the Thargoids are evolving um but then i, I sort of hope and I, I know we touched on this a few weeks ago i sort of hope it's not all cg based because i could desperately be a little bit disappointed in the way it's progressed so far where there's a cg to get a new gadget and as soon as it hits le- level one you're going to get the gadget um that's not necessarily having a narrative in a rich and compelling way. So I'm, I'm hoping when they do that, they introduce more variation than just do a CG. Mm. Well, I mean, this is something that I was thinking, you know, we got the whole, when President Halsey was abducted and her encounter with her abductors does not sound very Thargoidy, shall we say. Yeah, she's been she's describing almost like a sort of a utopian paradise that she was in when she got abducted. When I read that, I thought about the AI. You have the AI is supposedly a third race, aren't they? Well, we don't know anything about the AI as far as I'm aware, but okay. And that's what I thought about. But but yeah, that sort of narrative. I think if it's just done by CG where the only choice the player base has is where do you want your gadget sold, I think is a bit limited. I, I, yeah. I, I would have liked to have seen for the AX weapons and stuff to say, we've only got time to build one experimental weapon. The, the one that has the most support is the one we'll have time to build. And that's what we're going to get first of all. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I could, or at least I could certainly live with that. I'd have liked to actually... I know it's been a month, but I would actually have liked it to be slower and us more responding to the Thargoids rather than the Thargoids responding just to us. Yes, I don't know if you remember when we were at uh, the expo, we, I think someone asked Steve Kirby, was the narrative progressing at a player rate or was it progressing at a frontier rate with the players just tagging along. you remember that? Yep, and he said a little from column A, a little from column B, as I remember. That's right, yeah, so... I don't that, know. That, I, it's understandable, I, because um, as somebody who... I used to only play it on and off, because it, like I said, it did get a bit samey after a while. Had to take a break and then come back from it, uh, back to it even and the amount of story I've missed but then the whole universe would be rather miffed if the story had to wait because of my rather lazy backside yeah Yeah, it's definitely one of these things if you if you miss it you miss it don't you I'm actually yeah I'm actually with Ben um I personally wanted to see more commanders indiscriminately destroyed by Thargoids I just want to You would. Well where's the big threat? I want to see him go first. I think I mean to be honest, given the ship that Shan's flying, I think Shan's got a fairly good chance of not dying. I also fly like I also fly like a granny, so 
you know, I, I never speed out of stations. I always keep the green light on my left and basically obey the space highway code. I'm just going to have to I reckon they'd abduct him and say, nah, that's not good enough, and then give him back. I think it is Vahelian who's been exploding all over Twitch, because they've just said that this this stream has cost them 14 million credits. And if that is you, Vahelian, we're a nutter. Yeah, it looks pretty pure nutter. nutter. Um, Yeah, we can't reimburse that, unfortunately. Uh, no. Yes, if you, if you buy remote flat cannons, they do make a nice firework display. But I would suggest not firing them at the station. <laughs> or near the station, I suspect. Right, so we've got the narrative. Is there any other progression that we're wanting at the narrative? So we've got the inner stuff. Ouch. <laughs> I, 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 I have a theory about yes. what will happen because they said we haven't heard the last of the Guardians. So I think, well, this is my own theory, but I think at the end of the year, or before this one comes out, the Thargoids will be steady state, they'll be around, but, you know, there won't be anything new happening, and then we'll flip to the Guardians, and then it may well switch to Guardians and Thargoids for the final 2018 content. I'm suspecting that you think that the... The Thargoids are going to get more and more hostile as the year progresses. I think they will adapt or they will become more aggressive once we get Guardian enhanced weapons. Okay, but do you think that they will get more hostile when the... the no. Is it Calaxians and Norlesians or something like that to the different Thargoid names? See, I'm not convinced we'll see Calaxians or whatever they are um, in 2018. Okay, why not? Well, if if you think about it, um, and I'm just thinking, if this was a TV show, is the way I think about it, is season one, you have the season Big Bad, who's like built up to be, oh no, they're going to kill everyone, or whatever it is. And then the Big Bad is then defeated at the end of the season. Then in the second season, they have a, a Big Bad that's even worse than the one in the first season. And if you go straight to Claxians, you're kind of not following that narrative structure. So uh, okay, so you think that they'll do, you know, a big bad a year or something like that? Yes, and then that will then require us to team up with the Orisons or have you pronounce it? Yeah. The the, the, the nicer Thargoids will require them to be teamed up with them to then right. the Claxians. That I think will be another season's worth of content. Because why okay. would you why would you jump straight to joining up with your worst enemy to defeat a bigger enemy? Why would you do that before the story had already reached a natural conclusion? And that could be a nice little story point of making nice with the with the Orsians or have you pronounce it. Yes, because they, yeah. they, they've been predominantly acting in self-defense. Yeah. Hang on, we're not talking to you, you gits. You went off and shot us all the bloody time. And so on. Yes, or if you or if you take into that account of them using us as meat shields, the only way for them to survive. You know, basically, they, the Orisons would have their backs to the sea. The sea being humanity, which is pushing them back. So they're there mm. between a rock and a hard place. So the, 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 they will either have to try and form an alliance with humans or be wiped out. 
Yeah, so you think that they'll be the ones... They might even be the ones approaching us for, can you help us? Yes. Or what happens is the Klaxians come in and start being really bad, and we have to reach out and align with it. I don't know how it's going to work out, but I'm just thinking narratively, you don't... It's inevitable, I think, we will join up with another race to fight a bigger, better, better race. And then, of course, you've got the Guardians the and... AI as well. Potentially, yeah. So, I don't think. Potentially as well. I mean, okay, so what, what's your thought on... Well, anyone's thoughts on squadrons and the carriers? Because everyone seemed to be excited about squadrons at Frontier Expo. And I have to admit, I wasn't massively fussed about it, but everyone else seemed to be cheering to high heavens about it. I think people who were excited about carriers being destructible... I think may well be in for a shock. Yeah. Hmm. So you think carriers are going to be a bit like space stations or something then? Well, I'm in two minds because I say, I I watch a lot of Twitch streams and uh, on a Twitch stream, someone apparently had been talking to one of the developers in the arts party who said, um, carriers will be vulnerable. Um, now I think what that means is, you can attack a carrier and it will like scoot away like capital ships. But if you think about the logistics of making destructible carriers, they're going to have to be available in all three modes, private, solo, and open. So if they're available in private group, what's to stop us getting in a private group, not inviting anyone in the squadron who owns the carrier and just taking it out with impunity? That would be kind of evil, yes. Ship-sized lasers. So, uh, but again, if they are um, permanent, then what's to stop saying, okay, everyone with a carrier, let's move them to the lave and cluster up the place. Now, that's what I'm interested in, as well as um, if we get all of the lave crew docked to our carrier and then tell it to go to Colonia... Do we go to Colonia for free in one tick? Well, I'd charge you. <laughs> yeah, but you would. <laughs> you wouldn't. You would try. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, would you want to go to Colonia in one tick? I mean, should these things be able to jump 22,000 light years in one go, or should oh, it just be, would be a thousand light year or what? That would be, be the ultimate troll. So, so, so let's say, Ben, you say, okay, Shan, I'll dock at your carrier and I'll see you in a week after I come back from holiday. When you log on, you're in Colonia. <laughs> <It's saggy. laughs> that, that would be quite funny, yes. <laughs> um, so I'm not sure how they're going to work, to be honest. And also, if they cost cash to repair, you could just keep harassing certain player groups' carrier and bankrupt them. Yup. Um, I mean, there's a lot of things we need to learn about this thing. I suspect they're going to be more like the mega ships or like cannons, Gnosis, to be honest, where it's in-game, it's had a fixed location, and then on the next tick, you can say where it's going to go to, as opposed to a massive ship that you can executive, yeah, have executive I, control over. I, I think you'll just point it to a location and that's where it'll go. And if you remember, I, it will take me a while to find the link, but on a developer stream about a year or so ago, 
there was a small sequence of what looked like a player-controlled megaship because the ship had a hollow square on it and it was a commander so-and-so on this megaship. Okay, I'm assuming this is a developer commander. I yes, would love to be able here. to fly a megaship. We just, are going to Colonia, boys. But it'll be interesting to see how they work. I mean, as an individual commander, apart from being a pure sort of status symbol, I'm not sure what a carrier would give an individual commander that a space station wouldn't. Lots of guns. But why would you need lots of guns if it's if it's? You wouldn't just, get control of them though. They would be. Well, that's true. So what would you, I would so probably, what would be? because of the nature of the ship, I would probably say requires another commander f- just for the guns, if not two commanders. So I, I don't you know. Saying, Chan? No, I was just thinking. What? Because I, th- I was thinking personally, if I was to buy a carrier just for me, for it to be worth the credits, then it would have to give me something that a space station wouldn't, and being able to move my ships around all at once wouldn't be that because to be honest it would be cheaper for me to move all my ships around than it would to keep buying ca- than to buy a carrier or yeah, but could, could you imagine if you could go off and you know dock your fleet on your carrier and then you fly your carrier out to colonia where you have to admit i mean it does cost you know well one and a half billion to get a get a colonia and things does, but i've got a, i've got a commander in colonia anyway with engineered up anacondas and stuff like that, so uh, you know, I just it's just an individual decision, I know, but I'm just thinking it would need to offer something different than what you could get at a space station. Well, for you to be able to move all of your fleet to it, you would need to be able to. Someone is now someone in the sidewinder is now being rather horrible and pushing my beluga around. Um, Isn't no, that to, to be able to probably looks like yeah. Um, to be able to move your entire fleet to it, you probably would need to have a shipyard on it. Well, yeah, you would need to have a shipyard on it. I think, and I, I can't foresee the them getting shipyards. No, I'm just trying to work out how much it was. I think it would probably cost me only about seven hundred million to move all my ships to Colonia. Okay, give me a cash and I'll fit an anaconda out <laughs> um, and not move anything to uh, Colonia. But if you think about the what people are expecting a carrier to cost, the 700 million is the tenth of what it could cost to buy a carrier. So you could have to move them to and fro ten times to make up the same amount of money. Sorry, Pom just rammed me into toxic there. So, I don't know, it, I, I'm interested to see the mechanics, and I'm in, more interested to see about the griefing possibilities of it. Um, or rather... Um, the protections against. Yeah, or rather the protections yeah. against. But I must admit, I do like the idea of saying, oh, okay, you know, someone got with my carrier, and I just set off a SAG A, and they're trapped on board. That's quite amusing. Right, well, should we start wrapping things up or is there anything else that you're wanting to talk about around this? Uh, no, I'm pretty satisfied, I think. Right, are you ready to go ahead with Commander Wotherspoon's Garnet News after the... Oh, and the outro music as well, Toxic.
Oh, I don't have the outro. Didn't mention I've got the spoons, but I don't have the outro. Colin asked us to mention the CQT Discord and game music packs. Why don't you mention those things whilst I go and give Toxic the outro music? Okay, I'll. Well, there is a CQC Discord. If you wish to find a game for CQC, uh, the link will be in the show notes when it's produced. And uh, there's also a gamemusicpacks.com, and they have teamed up with uh, Obsidian Ant to bring you um, a music system for voice attack so you can control the music uh, via your voice. That sounds pretty cool. Now, will it work with my own music library? Yes, yes, it will. You can... It's. It actually... I was looking at this earlier. It looks really, really awesome. So it's got dynamic music where you can go off and tell it to increase the tempo of the music or change the pitch, remove the percussion, add in the, te- add in the vocals and so on. So it does all, it does all that, but then you can also give it, say, go and play Hot and Orbital Radio, and it'll play that, or it'll play any of your playlist files too. Now, what I was I was chatting about this with Obsidian Ant actually, and um, hopefully we'll be having an interview with the developer of this soon. TM. Uh, we might even have some copies to demo or whatever. We'll have to see what happens there. But one of the things that we think you might be able to do using the app and EDDB and so on is your journal can tell you when you are in combat and things like that. So if your journal can say, well, now I'm in combat, then this app, which is basically a plugin, it's a, it's an application slash plugin for uh, voice attack, and it works alongside the HCS voice packs. It doesn't, it doesn't have any requirements on them. It just works alongside them, just, but it does need, teams, does need voice attack, I believe. Um, and then you could be in combat, say, and it would go off and play your combat playlist, or it could detect that you're now flying around in supercruise, and it might play your supercruise playlists and things like that. Um, now, I don't think you can do that at the moment, but this is stuff that Obsidian and I were speculating about. Just because that would be, you know, could you imagine dropping into combat and all of a sudden Airwolf comes on or something like that? It would just be, that would be awesome. Or maybe that's just me. I'm so going to try and troll you with it at some point. I'm going to have to. I can't help myself. No, we're going to, as I said, we're hopefully going to get an interview with the developer of that at some point in the nearish future. And when we, that'll be out on the stream in some way. Uh, and we'll obviously, but it does read really, really awesome. So. Are there any other any other? Oh, we do have to give a shout out for LaveCon twenty eighteen, which is going to be the weekend of the fifth of June, and tickets for that will be coming available again soon as well. For that, any other shout outs that we want to do? Right, I'm uh, going to shoot. Yeah, go. 
No. I can do a Twitch chat shout out if you'd like. Go for it. We have commanders, whoever, Lenin. Not many of them talking at the minute, actually. Pull Archer. We've got Rin. Archman. Um. Yeah, they're all doing things. Yeah, Ride of the Valkyries would be a good one to flick, flick into. Cyperplex. Nopil. Yeah, uh, there wasn't a shout out for the Furats, but let's give the shout out to the Furats because they generally are awesome guys. Um, oh, definitely shout out to the Furats. Yeah. Um, yes, one, a, one, of, the one of their logos on the side of my ship, as it happens. Yeah, I am myself a Furat. One of the commanders in the stream got rescued by a Furat as we were broadcasting and wanted to thank them. Oh, oh, that's awesome then. So, wasn't it, was it a, a standard rescue or was it a. I Shall we say an interesting one? I, I think they were on their way to the CG and forgot to refuel. And I think Commander Pyre, I think Commander Pyrelos, I think was the was the person. Right. Well, I think we're going to call it to that. So, are you ready, Toxic, for your outro bitties? I am as ready as I'll ever be. <coughs> in that case, <laughs> in that case, then that's it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you want, you can get in touch with the show by emailing us on info at laveradio.com. We are on Facebook at slash laveradio. We are at laveradio on Twitter. You can join us on Discord chat by going to tinyurl.com slash lavechat. We also have a TeamSpeak server, which is teamspeak.com, sorry, teamspeak.laveradio.com. Lave Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at 8.30 and streamed out on laveradio.com slash live as well as on Twitch. Thank you very much to Shan, to Toxic, to Colin and to PsychoCow for dying slash hosting the radio for us. Until next time, guys, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous.
Galnet News Digest, 17th of October, 3303. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, details of genocidal plot revealed. Disaster of interplanetary proportions, not many hurt. The children of Raxila are up to something. Xenofatigue hits Martuk campaign. Details of genocidal plot revealed. More unsavoury information about the murderous plotting of the INRA have been revealed this week, following discovery of five more abandoned bases. Following the apparently accidental discovery of a fungal-borne virus that destroyed the polymers of Thargoid ships, it was discovered that this biological weapon could be used against Thargoid pilots. Logs have been found detailing the torture of captured Thargoids using the so-called mycoid virus. It seems that the INRA saw an opportunity to put an immediate end to the human-Thargoid war by wiping out the entire Thargoid race and was eager to embrace such genocide. Recent events show that they were not entirely successful. We do not yet know why the INRA was disbanded, but we can be sure the galaxy is a better place without it. Disaster of interplanetary proportions. Not many hurt. Two planets in the KYLOASLY DA-AF69 system collided on Sunday. The collision had been predicted after a similar event was observed on the 3rd of June by a commander known as Hypermum. Mathematician and astronomer Malenfant calculated that the planets uh, 2b and 2c would come close to collision every 133 days. His estimate was the 14th of October. In the event, the collision was a day later. Several commanders were present to witness the collision of the two thankfully uninhabited planets. Unexpectedly, the collision was extremely gentle, with the two low-G planets squashing into each other and then very gently rebounding. Despite this, at least one commander lost his ship, as the planets scraped over each other at approximately 100 metres per second. The next collision of these two planets is likely to be on February the 26th, 3304. The children of Raxla are up to something. What does the legacy campaign mean to you? Probably nothing, but it's a menace that could soon sweep across the galaxy. Organised by the children of Raxla, the Legacy Campaign is rumoured to require participants to act out roles in a galactic play, which will be made up of month-long episodes. The participants, who are likely to be composed mainly of acolytes of empire-bothering busty brunette Kahina Loren, who became deceased earlier this year, are said to be attempting to uncover one of the great mysteries of the galaxy and are required to write up their adventures to be reviewed by the scribbling senator. The children of Raxla have claimed that they will not be demanding a special new decal for participants. Xenofatigue hits Martuk campaign.
In a week when Galnet distanced itself from Thargoidia by pointing out that the Galnet logo has and always has had seven arms instead of eight, it appears that the initial wave of anti-Thargoid sentiment is beginning to ebb. Support for Elvira Martuk's campaign for funding to distribute a newly developed device to protect against the Thargoid's immobilizing ray has seen limited support, with little likelihood of reaching the third reward tier before the campaign ends on Thursday. Meanwhile, despite a prolonged lockdown, the Remembrance Week campaign to take rare goods to Moor Terminal in Kaurook is faring significantly better, with four tiers completed in a much more profitable reward structure. The Haikati, the Panta Prayer Sticks and the Andulija Fireworks will come in handy for celebrating the Festival of Light on Thursday. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to.